Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Gordon Govier on the top biblical archaeology stories from 2022. The alphabets we use today can be traced back to this uh, Canaanite alphabet in uh, 1700 to 1800 BC. So they actually were able to date it by the style of these, these symbols that were used in this alphabetic inscription. That's why I think it's probably one of the most important archaeological discoveries of the century so mm. far. Gordon Govier, next. To get an update each year on the fascinating world of biblical archaeology, we get hold of Gordon Govier. Gordon's interest in biblical archaeology spans decades as he hosts the radio program The Book and the Spade, edits artifacts, and writes for Christianity Today. Today we are talking to him about his Christianity Today piece, Biblical Archaeology's Top Ten Discoveries of 2022. Gordon, due to COVID, did excavations in Israel pretty much come to a standstill recently? They pretty much did. The institutional excavations, the ones that are planned ahead of time and involved colleges from around the world, um, did not take place for the most part in 2020 or 2021. There were a few that got into the field, maybe with limited staff um, or some um, creative uh, work on travel schedules, but uh, for the most part, 2022 was the first time that a lot of these excavations were finally back in the field. Okay, well, well first tell us uh, about this top 10 list. Uh, how, how did you compile it? I mean, how many items were on the list to choose from? Well, we have a news digest in Artifacts and Magazine, and that's essentially our main purpose is to Find those stories that are out there about biblical archaeology discoveries that are being made and put them together in a magazine so that people can stay up to date on the latest discoveries and developments. So um, I look back at the news digest from the previous year and go over the list and try to find the one, the stories that uh, most completely or in, a, in, a, in the best way possible help us understand the Bible better. And that's how we put the list together. Okay, well, top of the list is a small ivory comb. And uh, tell us about it and why uh, you put it at number one. Well, this was discovered actually in 2016. And um, when they came across it at Tel Lakish, as they were excavating there, this was the, uh, I think this is the fourth excavation at Tel Lakish over the last century and uh, involved with some Americans, some Israeli archaeologists. And there we found this little thing. It looked like a bone, actually. And so I threw it in with the bones. And by the end of the day, uh, the people that were processing these discoveries realized that it was ivory. It wasn't a bone. But still, because of COVID and other things, it takes a while to process everything. So um, it wasn't until earlier in 2022 that one of the participants on this team, Madeline Monquiglo, was photographing this little comb, and she noticed scratches on it. 
thought, well, maybe this is an inscription, you know, which is always exciting for archaeologists. Mm-hmm. So they uh, studied it further, other people on the team, and they discovered that not only was this an inscription, but it's basically the oldest alphabetical inscription that has ever been found. And um, that that's significant because it's in in a Canaanite language or Canaanite script that uh, eventually was used to write the Bible. Um, this is dated to 1700 BC, and that's about uh, 100 years or so after the scholars believe that the Canaanite alphabetic alphabet was developed. So up until this time, people who wrote things down used Egyptian hieroglyphics or uh, cuneiform in, in some of the Mesopotamian countries. And so um, to help this alphabetic um, language or uh, script developed uh, was a major advancement for civilization um, because the alphabets we use today can be traced back to this uh, Canaanite alphabet in uh, 1700 to 1800 B.C. So they actually were able to date it by the style of these, these symbols that were used in this alphabetic inscription. That's why I think it's probably one of the most important archaeological discoveries of the century so mm. far. Uh, this is really uh, a really exciting find. Because the big question, Bill, is, you know, when was the Bible written? Um, the mainstream archaeologists now still um, look at maybe 600, 700 B.C. I think that's when a lot of people think that the, the Bible was put together. And... Um, you know, you wonder, you know, could Moses have actually written what tradition says he wrote? And 1700 B.C. is several hundred years earlier than the time of Moses. So it's it's very hard to make that, um, make that particular argument that Moses uh, could not have written the, the books of the Bible that he's credited with writing. Um, there, there's other factors involved besides just basic literacy, but, but you can't use that argument. And in terms of the inscription, Gordon, uh, why is that significant that there is an inscription on a comb? You know, a lot of inscriptions that are found are uh, maybe in temples or important mm. documents. This is um, this is actually a lice comb. It has uh, small teeth on one side and large teeth on the other side. And it's the kind of thing you could still find maybe in a, in a drugstore today. Um, but the inscription on it actually is connected to its purpose. And the inscription, let me see if I can find it here, says, may this tusk help you keep the lice out of your hair and beard, something like that. <laughs> so um, yeah. may this tusk, here it is, may this tusk root out the lice of the hair and the beard. Hmm. So it describes the function of the item that yeah. it's in, you know, which is, which is very plain and common, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so... Yeah, that's significant in its own way. A lice comb. I think a lot of people might have not even known that there was. <laughs> was well, such. if you have a lice problem, you need something <laughs> to deal with. You do indeed. Well, and I, that's I'm, a problem today, even as it was back then. Well, I'm talking with Mr. Gordon Govier. He is the editor of Artifacts and we're, and the uh, producer of uh, the book and the Spade radio program. Uh, we're talking about the top 10 biblical archaeological stories of 2022. Number two, Gordon, you write, is uh, another Yet another dramatic inscription 
discovery, a tablet. Tell, tell us about it. Yeah, this uh, was announced earlier in 2022, and then once again, it was a discovery that was made several years previous. And to have two major inscriptions in one year is just amazing. The story here goes back about 40 years ago when archaeologists were excavating on Mount Ebal on a site that um, quite possibly is an altar, the kind of altar that Joshua is described as, as erecting on Mount Ebal in the Bible. The archaeologists worked there and found a lot of interesting things and um, used the technology that was good for the time. And then about 40 years later, another archaeologist comes along, Scott Stripling of the Associates for Biblical Research, and um, he's a big proponent of a process called wet sifting that I think we probably talked about last year. Mm -hmm. And um, this is a way for archaeologists to really make sure they miss nothing at all. It's uh, a way to find smaller items that might traditionally be overlooked. So they decided to go back to this dump pile from the previous excavation 40 years ago and see what they could find that might have been missed earlier. And one of the things that they found, once again, very tiny, and it's not ivory, but it's lead, actually. And it kind of looks like, like dirt. It was easily missed. But it's something that's actually well known in the historical record, a curse tablet. And this is an item where someone might write a curse on it and then um, offer, use it as an offering or make a sacrifice or, you know, something like that to um, sort of make a, a curse official. So here it is, a, a tablet made out of lead, and it looks like maybe there's some scratching on it or some writing, or, or maybe if you could unfold it, because it's folded over, you could read it, but you can't unfold it because it's, it's too brittle. Mm. And what they did was uh, do a CAT scan, computer tomography, and um, by using this amazing technology, they actually were able to see inside of this cursed tablet and read an inscription that appears to say, cursed, 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 cursed by the God Yahweh, you will be cursed. Cursed, you will surely die. Cursed by the God Yahweh, cursed, cursed, cursed. Hmm. So you have a curse associated with a, a mountain that the Bible describes as the mountain of cursing. And they were able to uh, analyze the lead. And it, it looks like it's from the time of about 1200 to 1400 BC. That's about the time of Joshua and the Judges. And so altogether, this again is another exciting discovery related to um, an earlier period of the Bible than a lot of the archaeology that we have today. Mm, interesting. Well, number three of these top 10 biblical archaeological stories of 2022, ivory found in Jerusalem for the first time. Tell us about that. What, what does that mean? Well, here's another ivory item, just like number one on our list, which is fascinating to have two different things discovered. But in the Bible, you have stories about King Solomon with an ivory and gold throne that's mentioned in 1 Kings 10.18. And King Ahab built an ivory house in 1 Kings 22.39. And the prophet Amos proclaimed woe to those who lie on beds of ivory in Amos 6.4. So ivory was um, something very special and precious, 
and it, it was not like a like wood that you could actually carve a piece of furniture but you could make ivory inlays and uh, use it for decoration and that's basically what they discovered and um, this wet sifting process that i talked about is again used by the archaeologists who were working in um, the Givati parking lot area, which is right outside the walls of the old city of Jerusalem, a long-term ongoing investigation that uh, is yielding a lot of interesting discoveries. And by wet sifting, what they were finding, they were able to pick these little pieces of ivory out and then put them back together into some of these inlays. And so they have these ivory inlays that were used maybe by King Solomon or other of these um, elite residents of Jerusalem that were condemned by the prophet Amos. And once again, you have something that was probably part of furniture that was destroyed by fire when the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem in 586 BC, 586 BC. but it's been recovered again by archaeologists working very carefully. And how small are these uh, ivory? Um, they're very tiny, but by putting them back together, they would have a, a little plaque, maybe a couple inches wide. Hmm. Um, you know, ivory, say if you get it from the tusk of an elephant, you don't have a large working surface, but, but you have something. Well, we're talking about the top biblical archaeological stories of 2022, top uh, top 10. And uh, number four we've come to, Gordon, is the deciphering of the ancient script of the Elamites. And Elamites, uh, of course, have, uh, well, as you explain in your piece, biblical significance both in the Old and the New Testament. Can you tell us uh, what, what this discovery is all about? Yeah, the Elamites are mentioned a couple times in the Bible. Um, they were conquered by Cyrus the Great, and they became part of the Persian Empire. The uh, Elamite capital of Susa is known as Shushan in the Bible, and that's where the story of Esther takes place, in the Persian palace at Susa. So the language of this particular people um, has, has not been deciphered, at least the linear version of Elamite. And it was very difficult. Um, once again, they were able to find an inscription that had uh, two different languages, um, linear Elamite and another language. I think it was Akkadian cuneiform, possibly. And just like um, the uh, Rosetta Stone, when you have different, we have the same inscription in different languages that, that can help you uh, crack the code and read this ancient script. And so that's what a number of scholars did working together. Um, this was kind of a, a worldwide project. Scholars from all over the world were finally able to, to read Elamite. And it's interesting that Elamites were conquered by the Persians, but they still remain some, somewhat distinctive so that the Jewish Elamites are recorded among those who heard the gospel in the second chapter of Acts. Hmm. Well, number five, uh, a new dating tool, uh, among other dating tools used in archaeology. Tell us about the new one and, uh, yeah, why it's significant. Well, pottery is one of the main tools that archaeologists used for dating what they discovery and, and the strata that they're working in. And we mentioned earlier epigraphy. When you have an inscription, um, the form of the letters helps archaeologists know the age 
and the carbon-14 is another tool. And now we have magnetic resonance, magnetic fields that are being studied. And by understanding how um, uh, magnetic forms of, uh, I think it's basically dirt, um, you're reading the, the uh, magnetic field in, in dirt, and it's um, somehow impacted by fires and destructive activity. And by doing that, archaeologists working with Tel Aviv University, or Tel Aviv University archaeologists and Hebrew University archaeologists working together have accurately dated destruction layers at 17 different archaeological sites in Israel by this new method. And uh, one of the things that they were able to do was confirm the destruction of the Philistine city of Gath by Hazael, king of Damascus, around 830 B.C., and there are several other destructions associated with that. But there was another location, Bet Shan, and some sites in northern Israel that they thought had been destroyed by Hazael, but they actually occurred 70 to 100 years earlier. This destruction occurred earlier. And so that was probably at the hands of the Egyptian pharaoh Shoshank. So they were able to differentiate two different destruction eras in the archaeological record. And is there a sense, I guess maybe it's an obvious question, but how accurate this new dating tool is of using... It seems to be very accurate. This is this is brand new, so um, there hasn't been too much written about it, but it seems to be quite accurate, which is always good. Well, number six of these top ten biblical archaeological stories of 2022, Gordon, you write about, uh, the Apostle Peter has been referenced in a Byzantine church mosaic. And uh, what can you tell us about that? Where was it found? Well, there's an area along the north shore of the Sea of Galilee where uh, the city of Bethsaida was located, um, not too far from Capernaum, which was Jesus' headquarters of his ministry. And there's actually two sites, one right along the shore of the Sea of Galilee and one about a mile away. And archaeologists working at these two different sites both believe they're excavating Bethsaida. And um, it looks like maybe there's a little more evidence for the site that's closer to the Sea of Galilee shore now, because you have this inscription that was found in a mosaic that was probably the floor of a church, and it may be the Church of the Apostles, which was, by tradition, built over the site of the house of the Apostles Peter and Andrew. And the inscription on this mosaic says, the chief and commander of the heavenly apostles. That's a, fra- that's a phrase that the archaeologists know was commonly used to refer to Peter by people who lived in the Byzantine period. So they think this is strong evidence for the city of Bethsaida to be finally located. Mm. Number seven uh, of these top ten biblical archaeological stories, Hezekiah is mentioned in a Jerusalem inscription. If you could tell us about it, people, uh, some, of course, are immediately going to know who Hezekiah is. Others maybe a little hazier. If you could tell us who he is. and well, Yeah, what yeah was Hezekiah was a, a king of Judah, and most famously, he created a water conduit that went from the Gihon Spring to the Pool of Siloam. And by doing that, he was able to improve the defenses of Jerusalem and protect them from the Assyrians or other people that would attack them by getting the water supply inside the walls of the city. 
And now we have an inscription that uh, seems to refer to that. This is an inscription that's been known for a number of years, and, and the reading of this inscription may be a little controversial, um, but this um, scholar, Gershon Galil, believes that the inscription says, Hezekiah made the pool in Jerusalem. And that would echo 1 Kings 2020, which says in part, he made a pool and a tunnel and brought water into the city. Hmm. So if that reading is accurate, what Galil says is here you have, for the first time, a biblical figure who has an inscription that, that talks about himself, a kind of a monumental inscription. A lot of other kings in other places um, erect monuments to their achievements, but um, uh, biblical kings apparently did not do that up until at least Hezekiah. And number eight, an untouched burial cave on a beach south of Tel Aviv. I mean, that, that has all kinds of interesting significance. Tell us about it, and how do we know it's, uh, it was untouched? Well, just a few weeks ago, we were kind of noting the 100th anniversary of the discovery of the tomb of King Tut. And the significance of that discovery was in part because it was a tomb that had been untouched down through the ages. Mm. So even though King Tut was a very minor pharaoh, um, the fact that they found a tomb that had been untouched gave Egyptologists a lot of information about um, the pharaohs of that era, the riches of the Egyptian empire and things like that. So here you have something in Israel near Tel Aviv. Uh, crew was working near a beach and their big heavy machinery crashed through the roof of this tomb. Hmm. And as the archeologists got inside, they realized that no one had been in that tomb for about 3,300 years since it was closed up. And that means that everything that they have inside the tomb will be a very useful tool to understanding how people lived at that time, about 1300 BC, and also the burial customs of that era. And once again, this is a, a, a kind of a significant time in biblical history because that's the time of the, the judges just before the kingdom of Israel comes into existence. And to find out how people lived at that time is significant from a biblical point of view. Any particular insights that it give, gives us to life at that time? I mean, there were, there were obviously tools and various things found in the uh, burial. Uh, yeah, and, and once this uh, discovery was announced, there's been very little additional information mm. that I've seen on it so far. Um, so uh, I don't know too much more about it. I, I okay. didn't have a chance to talk to the archaeologists involved, so... Um, hopefully we'll see a story or some stories on this come out in the months and weeks ahead. Okay, well, number nine, life on an ancient Galilee farm. And uh, again, where and how was it found? And uh, how do you know? Well, there's so many questions. I'll let you uh, <laughs> lay out the facts. Now, this is a salvage excavation, which is the other kind of excavations in addition to institutional excavations that are done in Israel. And they're building uh, a water line and it's near the sea of galilee and as they're working along they discovered this farm that had apparently been abandoned about 150 years before the time of jesus um, which is called the hasmonean period by archaeologists and bible scholars 
And once again, just like the tomb we were talking about, it's kind of a time capsule. It's been frozen in time because of all of the, the farm implements that they found there. And so it gives a much better understanding of uh, how people lived and um, existed as farmers in the time just before the time of Jesus. And, and the uh, speculation is that the people that uh, lived on the farm left in some kind of haste? Uh, is, is there, a, I mean, how do they discern that? Typically, if they would have left um, and planned to leave, they probably would have taken all of their material with them. Um, so if they were forced out by, say, a band of marauders who, you know, killed everybody who lived there, then, mm -hmm. then it would be something that um, would just lie there. Nobody would come to to uh, take care of it. And over the decades, the wind would blow the dirt in and cover everything up. Well, we're talking about the top 10 biblical archaeological stories of 2022 with Gordon Govier, the editor of Artifacts. You can find this story at ChristianityToday.com. They also have a video uh, of this list uh, posted up at YouTube. Well, Gordon, number 10 is particularly interesting to me here at Pilgrim Radio because Montana is uh, one of the states that is in our radio coverage area. You, you write that a rare papyrus document uh, was discovered hanging on a family's wall in Montana. Tell, tell us yeah. how that came about. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm. um, so we really don't know a lot about how this happened. The person that was contacted by the Israelis as they were researching what happened to this piece of papyrus um, said that his mother had been given this papyrus uh, somehow in Jerusalem back in 1965. Mm. Um, I don't know, maybe she was a donor of some kind, and uh, this was given to her in receipt for a donation she made. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But a lot of information hasn't been released, uh, including the names of the people involved. But the, we do know the name of one person, Ishmael, because that's in the document. And um, it's a very small piece, a little bit bigger than a postage stamp, about four lines of writing, and it dates to about the 7th century B.C., so 700 B.C., it's, it's very early. There's very few papyrus documents that exist from that time period. Uh, papyrus is organic, so it doesn't last very long. But it's been returned to Israel, and people are studying it now. Ishmael is a very common biblical name going all the way back to the time of Abraham. Um, they, they think it's genuine because the radio, radiocarbon date and the paleographic date match, um, but they don't know where it came from. So there's kind of a mystery involved with this. And in the idea of the value of this, I mean, the, the owner was very gracious to donate it back. Yeah, no value was mentioned, but um, because of its rarity, I, I think you could call it extremely valuable. And do we know the community in uh, Montana by any chance, Gordon? Where... Uh, I don't think that was named. Okay. Well, as I mentioned a, a few minutes ago, uh, people can read, listeners can read the top biblical archaeological stories of 2022 that you've written up here that we've been discussing at ChristianityToday.com. How can they find the, the video aspect uh, of this list on YouTube? Video is something that we've been, I've been doing on my website for a number of years now, but um, just recently uh, I've been emphasizing it more. We have links to a lot of very well-produced 
archaeological videos on our website at radioscribe.com. So we'll have a link to this video and a lot of other interesting archaeology videos at radioscribe.com. And artifacts? What can you tell us about it? How can people find artifacts? That? Artifacts is our quarterly magazine to keep up on the latest discoveries and developments of biblical archaeology, and you can find out how to subscribe at radioscribe.com. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Gordon Govier, editor of Artifacts. You can read his piece, Biblical Archaeology's Top Ten Discoveries of 2022, by going to ChristianityToday.com. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Sharon James taking a close look at some false worldviews and Christianity's contrasting responses. So Marx was one of these academics who thinks that they can tell the world how to behave, um, but they have little interest in putting it into practice themselves. And you contrast that with the followers of Jesus Christ, who real living Christians say, we follow the one who came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And you find the real life outworkings of Christianity in terms of sacrificial giving, sacrificial serving, going to the hard places to serve the poor. That's tomorrow at the same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening.